I, uh, man, I got to apologize. A lot of soul searching uh, this weekend. And I just have to apologize for being a part of, you know, sharing conspiracy theories. It's, it's been wrong. And let's not put it off any longer. Just need to apologize. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. Little uh, scriptural verse of the day, 2 Corinthians 4, verses 4 through 5. The God of this age has blinded the minds of the unbelievers so they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ is Lord and ourselves as servants for Jesus' sake. Now, of course, that speaks of spiritual blindness, but you'll see perhaps how it ties into the program today. Our partners at American Financing are, man, this is perfect timing uh, for this partnership to come to uh, this, this point of where it's at. They were with Rush for a decade. God rest the Maha. And it's a family-owned national mortgage bank. And yes, 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 uh, they pay us to introduce them to you. So let's be clear on that. And let me tell you, um, with what's going on with supply chains and the banksters, please get in touch with them. If you have a mortgage, please seek a refinance with them. They'll give you a free mortgage review. No, no commitment. All right. It's AmericanFinancing.net. It's a difficult thing to look back on your recent work and realize that you've been just part of a a lie spreading machine and part of spreading conspiracy theories. So the show is a tough one for me. It's a, it's a bit of apology. And I want to start by going back about, gosh, it's about eight years ago, eight or nine years ago. Um, yeah, I guess it is. It's eight years ago. I started to talk about this, and I don't know where I got this idea <laughs> that I could see this coming. It was, it was just wrong. But, but I spread a conspiracy theory that something was going to metastasize. And I really felt like I could see that it was about something much, much more than what the party was telling us it was about. I had this sense that it, it seemed like something much, much bigger and that it was coming from the top down and that it wasn't organic and that, and that in fact, I couldn't touch, uh, trust the scientists. This is from uh, May 13th, 2016. I want to thank my friend Julie Barrett for surfacing this on Twitter and reminding me of this. Julie's going to be speaking at our event coming up Friday, uh, this Friday, a couple of days from now in Bothell, Washington. Um, she, she reminded me of this day on, on Fox News 
way back May 13, 2016. Controversy over the so-called bathroom bills continues today as the Obama administration announces it will send a letter to every public school district in the country telling them to allow transgender students to use bathrooms and locker rooms that match the gender they identify with instead of what it says on their birth certificate. And states are already fighting back. So eight years ago, I, I was saying, and I don't know where I got this idea that this wasn't just about bathrooms. And that there's no such thing as being born in the wrong body. And again, how on earth I thought I could get away or how I, I thought I could see this. And I said at the time, this, this, do, do people actually think this is about just bathrooms? And so my apology is I thought this was going to be about speech codes. I thought this was going to be about conning more kids into believing they're being born in the wrong body. I even thought there was big money behind this, like, you know, pharma. I thought it was top down, like, you know, the Human Rights Commission, which is which is funded by a bunch of of very perverted and, and otherwise weird um, white rich men, Pritzker family amongst them. Of course, that's the governor of Illinois, uh, the Human Rights Campaign in San Francisco. I thought that. Well, and then, you know, you had the Thomas Reuters Foundation that was behind pushing this uh, through non-governmental organizations and the world's largest law firm involved in that. I thought all of that added up into, well, this is something much larger. This isn't just about uh, people who believe they're born in the wrong body and suddenly we're going to change that from a mental illness into something that is to be celebrated and in fact promoted and in fact pushing kids into. And, and I just, how could I have ever been so wrong as to think that causing a society to pretend there's no such thing as men or women and forcing people to speak lies was some kind of totalitarianism? The God of this age has blinded the minds of the unbelievers that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ is Lord and ourselves as servants for Jesus' sake. How could I have been so blind? There was a um, GOP strategist. <laughs> I love that phrase. A GOP strategist named Brian Morganson. He was on Fox that morning when they announced this, this thing from the Obama administration. Now, Brian, man, Brian hit it out of the park. Yeah, I, you know how I know the federal government's too big and powerful? It's literally telling people where to go to the bathroom. Mm. And if you want the real civil rights uh, fight of our time, it's school choice. It's how to improve public education. And we have the president telling local elementary school districts that unless you do what I want, it'd be a shame, but we're going to file a federal lawsuit and make you spend your precious resources raised by local property taxes to educate your kids, fighting off a federal lawsuit based, again, because I think I should be able to tell you where to go to the back. So he doesn't confront the word transgender, which is made up and meaningless. He doesn't confront the lie that people are born in the wrong body. He doesn't confront the totalitarian nature of this. He goes back into, oh, this is, this is government overreach. Now we've reached a phase, a phase and, and again, I, I, I must have just been high on my own ideas to, to have ever thought that I could see something bigger coming. I had a Twitter debate, which I, I don't normally do these days. You know, the company Hydro Flask, they make drinking bottles out of metal. 
that's their big thing. That's man, that's needed in society. That's a, I have hydro flasks, by the way, I actually used to like them for hiking. I'll never buy one again. They had a man who was dressed as a woman who gets to pretend to be a woman, go speak at the, one of their campuses in full drag outfit to talk about what we can do for our planet, such as making useless metal jugs, because of course that's carbon neutral. Is it the energy involved to make metal jugs with plastic lids? Okay, got it. That's how we care for the planet. Um, a listener of mine on Twitter, Kevin Leroy wrote back and said, disgusting, hydro flask. We stand for inclusivity in the outdoors for all, including Patty Goria and her community, because we believe it leads to happier, healthier lives. Like Patty, we believe this is something everyone deserves and are inspired by her message. And I just wrote back to hydro flask and said his message. Hydro flask. No, correction. When is a man? Patty's a woman. They're both beautiful. Me. Got it. I'm the CEO of Hydro Flask. You're fired. I win. Because the self-identification game, that's a great game that anybody can play. And of course, no response from them. They're doing that because they had about 20,000 followers on Twitter. They're doing that because they're seeking, they're seeking social justice cred. They're seeking to grow followers based upon this idea and, and, and the, the, the fanaticism around this idea. So they're expecting to get a bunch of social justice warriors to pop in and follow them. And eventually the bots will pick up on this. And the, the same bots that has Elon Musk putting his acquisition of Twitter on hold until he finds out what percentage of Twitter accounts are fake. So I want to apologize Forever thinking that a, a global top-down push funded by the Thomas Reuters Foundation, funded by the world's largest law firm, funded by a, a, a family, one of whom is a man who pretends he's a woman, who moved their monies out of hotel investments and into medical device investments and pharma, th- th- that then pushed this around legislatures through the bureaucratic mechanisms of the state behind the backs of teachers, my my parents, through the school system, through the library system, where all of a sudden there was the very, very important nature of drag, drag queen story time at libraries across the West in an effort funded by the World Health Organization, the CDC, And the Chinese Communist Party was something much, much bigger than folks need a place to pee. And I'm very sorry, and I apologize to all my colleagues in talk radio, like um, a national radio host who told me he was not ready to sign a petition to stop this stuff in, in, in the separate country of Washington. I apologize. You were clearly right. It's not something that needed to be stopped. So let me apologize right now. Or people who ask me questions like, well, what if the children really are transgender? So I hope they'll accept my apology. How could I have been so wrong? More apologies as we go along. There's this. Um, I really apologize for saying that once a society accepts forced speech, 
Once the government can force you to pretend that a man is a woman, then the government could force you to pretend that you don't have an immune system. That's, that was wrong of me. Once they show they can break the brains of people to ignore material, objective, observable, falsifiable reality, that they could do that across the board and break people's minds to such a degree that they will wear on their face something that is evidently by any and all measures useless because you simply watch the news that they could, that they could push that. I, that was so wrong of me. I mean, it's not like now there's a bunch of world experts who are suddenly backing me up. What I think has been uh, astounding over the past two years to watch is that the system has shifted to a more openly totalitarian uh, uh, mode. If, if I'm collecting, I'm, I'm in the process of putting together my, my essays for a new collection of essays, and I'm going back over all of the essays that I wrote starting in March of 2020. And it's, it's staggering when I go back and look at, and I, I'm putting the footnotes in, documenting, you know, how totalitarian uh, uh, these measures have been from the very beginning. From the very beginning, um, I've described it in, in, in different ways. I feel like the last two years, whatever else, and they've been about many things and they are very complex, but I feel like the overarching message of the last two years has been coming from, you know, power has been shut up and get in line because we're the ones running things. And we can do this to you anytime we want. It, 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 Bobby, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a more brazen totalitarianism than I've ever experienced, you know, from the West in my lifetime. And I can't help but see it as a message. Bobby Kennedy's uh, television network online, CHDTV, and there's a link to it. I encourage you to watch the whole thing because apparently this guy's wrong, too. So to all my friends and former friends and colleagues and former colleagues um, in media, I deeply apologize for embarrassing you with my COVID coverage by insisting that none of it was medical, that none of it served a medical purpose or at least a, a positive medical purpose. Quite clearly, I stand in the wrong now that we have the unprecedented levels of, of, of um, women losing their babies, uh, stillborns. Uh, miscarriages. Now that we are seeing in millennia, now that we're seeing across the board, it's not just at 40% and 80% all cause mortality increases. In young people, it goes up to sometimes 200% all cause mortality increase. And I am deeply sorry for ever sharing with you this harebrained idea I had of the propaganda of silence. Because as you can see, that story absolutely dominates. The media, this increase in all-cause mortality, man, everywhere I turn, I see this being reported. It's, I can't get away from it. It's you turn on the news, every headline story is about all-cause mortality everywhere, particularly in conservative talk radio. Man, guys, there's other topics. I mean, you got to talk Ukraine and, and Dr. Oz and how great Dr. Oz is. Got to be talking about that. 
So I apologize for being way off base there. And the link to the all-cause mortality is in the show notes if you want to see it. Uh, For instance, well, in Q1 2021, uh, people aged 25 to 34, we saw 181% increase in all-cause mortality. 35 through 44, 217% increase in all-cause mortality. 45 through 54, 208%. 55 through 64, 170% increase in all-cause mortality. Now, I know everyone's sick of of these numbers because they're just, everyone's talking about them, but I think it's important for me in the realm of apology to let you know that I sincerely need to apologize further for this. Now, coming up later this week, (laughs) we will talk about this other harebrained notion that someone had, that there is now people in, in Canada, that Canada is somehow uh, insisting that that poor people kill themselves. And, and again, I mean, for me even to utter that in the midst of this apology, I should just make sure that Tucker Carlson also receives a copy of the show because he should probably apologize for having on the air an author and expert explaining that in Canada now being poor is cause enough uh, to have have the government help kill you. Oh, you think I'm kidding? Charles Camusy has thought a lot about this over a long time. He's the author of Losing Our Dignity, How Secularized Medicine is Undermining Fundamental Human Equality. He's also a professor at Creighton School of Medicine. He joins us tonight. Professor, thanks so much for coming up. I know that you saw that you were the first person we thought of when we saw this piece. Um, are we overstating what's happening here? No, and first of all, thank you so much for covering it, Tucker, because it doesn't get a lot of coverage. And I I think I have to wonder why. I mean, violence is something we hear covered ad nauseum. Everything today is violence, even things which obviously aren't violence. Yes. This is violence. This is medicalized violence. Why isn't this being covered? Why aren't we talking about it, especially when it's poor people, especially when it's working class people who are structurally pushed into that? I think that's a question worth asking. Well, sure. And there's this very difficult problem, which what do you which is what do you do when an economy based on finance starts to go south and average people you know, can't kind of sustain themselves? Do you do guaranteed basic income or whatever? This seems like an obvious choice for ghouls, neoliberal ghouls, like we'll just get, you know, force poor people to kill themselves. This can't be connected to the all-cause mortality. It, It can't be connected to kill babies whenever. And on Friday, incidentally, uh, I'm gonna do a podcast on Blessed Are the Peacekeepers. I had a conversation with a absolutely beloved family member who disagrees with me on abortion. And it was one of the most important conversations I think I've had. This doesn't change my view on it. It changes my view on its purpose, particularly in this society. This family member and I had to, you know, as well as we know each other, grow comfortable, like feeling each other out. Can we really talk through this? So I want to apologize for saying that the culture of death, the culture of authoritarianism was going to spread or that, you know, this idea of death with dignity would ever become something beyond people with, with end term cancer or, um, 
just likely to die in pain in a hospital bed. Now it's poor people. And again, just because I can reach into the archives of audio soundbites and pull up bite after bite after bite of people with the World Economic Forum saying that we don't need most people, that we should in fact kill six to seven billion people, but slowly, peacefully kill them. Not in a war, slowly, peacefully, and, and, and do it in a way that's equitable so we all share in the experience, which is quoting a World Economic Forum guy, just because I can point to them saying that and point to all-cause mortality in increases like this and point to them now out front saying, hey, if you're poor, kill yourself. You have no hope, kill yourself. Just because I can point to all these things and it, it, it con, you know, coming together at this time doesn't mean that all these things are being pushed at this time by a body that is now, in fact, has admitted to being embedded in every government in the world. Just, and see, that's what's wrong with people like me, that you take signals like that that are overwhelming overwhelmingly persuasive and, and somehow insisted it must be worth considering that this is being pushed down upon us. How wrong could I be? My apologies. So this dude's going to be at our thing on Friday. His name is Dave Parkhurst. Um, we call him Dave the Digital. Let me tell you a story. When I started, um, when I made the decision, I was going to leave commercial radio uh, because I was thinking of becoming a pastor. And now I realize I've got a lot of spiritual maturity to gain to get there. Um, and I wanted to put God at the center of whatever I do, podcasting. Um, and that if I ever go back to radio or say national radio, I want to go back with this show or a facsimile of the show, or at least God as a big part of the show. Um, I communicated to the company for whom I worked. I wasn't going to renew my contract and they made a very rational business decision. Let's end it early. And so they paid me throughout my contract. They acted with complete honor. In fact, they were great to me on the way out. I couldn't have asked for a more respectful wrap up to a, a relationship and they're still friends. And I, and I deeply, deeply um, love many people there. So they ended it early, three months early. And I was flat-footed. I didn't think they'd do that. My bad planning. Dave the Digital stepped in. And in weeks, Dave had everything ready to go. And one of the biggest problems that we had was one of the biggest advantages we had in radio. And this came from the good work of some of the people at my former company. We had great search engine optimization for the Todd Herman Show at their radio station. Well, we had to change that. We had to have it come to the ToddHermanShow.com. That's not easy to do. We tried Google ads. Google said, no, we're not going to take ads from you because they thought I was impersonating myself. Dave solved it anyway. So if you run a business, this is a simple, easy, no brainer, period. Google the name of your business. Does it come up in the top three to five search returns? If so, you do not need Dave the Digital at this point. Well done. You've got good search engine optimization. If it did not come up in the top three to five search returns, here are your choices. You can pay Google money for advertising. 
or you could hire someone you don't know, or you can take this from me. Dave the Digital will get it done. He'll put a team on board. He'll show you what needs to get done before any work goes underway. He'll give you an estimate that's going to be pretty spot on as to what it's going to cost and how quickly he can make it all happen. He's been doing this for decades. He's a conservative Christian man in an industry otherwise dominated by atheist liberals. Just go to greenhaveninteractive.com. That's greenhaveninteractive.com. Or if you're going to be at the event on Friday, swing by and say hi to Dave the Digital. I'll introduce him from the stage. So will you. Oh, it's always hard. Um, it, it's hard to apologize. Um, and I should say this. I mean, it's not like the injections, you know, are just, it's, I mean, it's not all these deaths or pericarditis and myocarditis. Some of them are suicides, alcoholism, uh, depression, deaths of despair. And, and then our friend, ethical skeptic, who was a Navy intelligence asset, I know his true identity. I verified his true identity. He is a dude you can listen to just because he has noticed something. Um, I say again, cancers have risen to a nine sigma event despite being smooth and not included um, pole forward effect. And the actual figures continue to outpace my leg adjusted provisional figures um, week to week. What he's saying here is that in the 99.999% percentile range, Cancer deaths are, are now beginning to overwhelm the system in huge, huge spikes. Now, geez, gosh, what was it that Dr. Ryan Cole said he was seeing a year ago? When we, we, we do you remember Ryan Cole, Dr. Ryan Cole? What, what was, what was it we were having him on the having, having him on the show? What was, what was he saying? Oh yeah, that he was observing cancers coming back at a record rate. Ryan has the biggest immunological lab on the West coast of the United States. And he was saying unprecedented levels of cancer showing up once the injections were forced. And what was it we shared with you on the show? And this is another conspiracy theory. Oh, that's right. That there were studies that showed that the MRNA injections kill portions of DNA whose job it is to correct errant DNA. Remember that? Well, look at this. The mRNA injections stop the body from fixing errant code. And in the case of Pfizer, it's probably a permanent change because it writes itself into your DNA. Man, I'm glad that I'm outside the conspiracy thinking bubble now. I'm glad that I've freed myself from that and I'm back up on a... On R's versus D's. And I truly regret any of the uh, fear-mongering I pushed when I was suggesting, for instance, that the party really wanted to be able to censor us in every possible way. Yeah, once they installed speech codes and said, you will pretend a man is a woman or you'll be canceled, fired, perhaps sued. Um, then they could insert other speech codes like on doctors saying, you will not speak about early treatment. You will not criticize the precious mRNA. You will not criticize the precious woke masks. Um, in schools, you will not 
disclose to parents the curricula that's being pushed through. You will shut your mouth and teach racism that this was a sign of a society nearing a point where the party intended to make obvious their intent to censor us. I apologize way back eight years ago for saying a party that will force people to speak a lie about material, observable, objective, falsifiable, biological reality is a party that will force you to speak lies about everything, which is a party that intends to, in fact, destroy free speech. I deeply apologize for that fear-mongering. Because, I mean, just because Scott Adams, you know, remember Scott Adams, Dilbert? Scott Adams, very successful cartoonist, insane dude in, in, in my mind. Scott Adams on Twitter, I mean, this is a crazy, and this is sort of the exception that proved the rule in my apology. Scott Adams suggested that um, blue checks on Twitter like him <laughs> be allowed to go through and, and edit other people's tweets by adding context. Scott Adams, creator of Dilbert, blue check on Twitter, insists that he should be allowed to go into whatever you tweet and edit it by adding context. Why? Because he says Twitter knows who he is. Therefore, he should be allowed to do this because he has a blue check. I mean, that's sort of the exception that proves the rule. And I mean, okay, there is one other sign that this is real, but it doesn't mean that I mean, it doesn't give me license to insert a new conspiracy theory as I'm in the midst of apologizing for these and for the harm I've caused. Second Corinthians 4, verse 4 through 5, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Hmm. And God created man and woman and immune systems and all the races. He's the ultimate physician. Hmm. For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, ourselves as servants for Jesus' sake. Hmm. Now, what if, uh, this is so tempting, but I don't want to get back in the conspiracy theory mode. <laughs> what if there was a government official who agreed with Scott Adams that blue checks on Twitter should be allowed to censor us, edit our tweets, our thoughts by adding context? That would be really weird. That would be so weird. Uh, this economy and what is being done to this economy, and I want to be clear, it's not happening to our economy. It's being done to our economy. Makes it necessary that we do everything we can in our, in our ability to 
secure our own budgets, to lower our spending rate. In Startupville, we call it cutting your burn. Uh, the partnership we have with American financing could not have come at a better time. Um, I believe for a lot of reasons that this was a God thing, that this company was with Rush for a decade. God rest the Maha. And then we, we, and in this case, we pursued them. And we have now created this partnership, which has been really fruitful thus far. When I learned the story of American financing, it all made sense. I get it now. I'd always ask myself, how can you be a family-owned national mortgage bank? Well, it's the formula. They set out from the very, very beginning, no commission salespeople. They are never going to push someone into doing something that they shouldn't do for their own best interest. Well, that's number one. Number two, you know what that does? It has created a workplace for them where they have employees who've been there 10, 15, some even near 20 years. Right, but that's their employees and that's their theory and that's their, but how's it affect you? Well, there's a little bit more. They don't charge upfront fees. Why? Because it burns people. Why do you want to pay 500 bucks to see if you can qualify for a refinance? It doesn't make any sense when you don't have to. Why would they do that? Repeat business, right? It is easier to continue to thrill existing customers than to go out and gain new ones. And then they're very particular about who they work with to gain new customers, right? Very particular. They have 6,700 plus Google reviews that are the highest possible, the caliber. They're A plus with the Better Business Bureau. And here's the part about your personal budget. Think about your monthly income. Think about your monthly expenses. If I could come to you and give you a thousand bucks a month, here you go. Here's a thousand bucks a month. Would you take me up on it? What are the strings? There's no strings. It's the same difference. American financing at AmericanFinancing.net is saving people, consistently saving people a thousand bucks a month. And even if it was 500 bucks a month, it's an enormous savings over time. You know, a thousand bucks a month, 10 years, it's $120,000. And this is where it's a no brainer, guys. Absolutely no brainer. They will give you a free mortgage review, no cost. If they can help you, they'll tell you. If you're in good stead, they'll say, hey, good on you, stay where you're at. Here's the phone number, 866-887-2275. That's 866-887-2275 or visit AmericanFinancing.net. NMLS 182-334, NMLSConsumerAccess.org. So, I mean, it's not like I, it's not like there's, I mean, it's not like the speech czar, the ministry of truth from Joe Biden's regime wants to go out as a blue check and be allowed to edit your tweets by adding context. Um, and I am eligible for it because I'm verified, but there are a lot of people who shouldn't be verified who aren't, you know, legit in my opinion. I mean, they are real people, but they're not um, trustworthy anyway. So verified people can, um, essentially start to edit Twitter the, the same sort of way that Wikipedia is so they can add context to certain tweets. Um, so just as a easy example, not from any political standpoint, if president Trump were still on Twitter and tweeted a claim about voter fraud, someone could add context from one of the 60 lawsuits uh, that went through the court or uh, something that an election official in one of the states said, perhaps 
your own secretary of state uh, <laughs> and, and his news conferences, something like that, adding context so that people um, have a fuller picture rather than just an individual claim. Right. On then, then, then we could come along and add the context of the special counsel in the state of Wisconsin, a retired Supreme Court justice saying Mark Zuckerberg committed criminal fraud um, in bribery that there was massive coordinated fraud in the nursing homes and long-term care centers. We could point out that of, of those cases, most of them were procedural exits, cowards saying, oh, we don't have standing. We could go and point out that the Supreme Court of the United States pretended one state does not have a right to sue another state. That's how they got out of the Texas lawsuit. Uh, states can't sue each other. Ha! A group of people in the United States cannot sue another group of people in the United States is what the deeply conflicted, corrupt Supreme Court under the deeply corrupted, deeply conflicted John Roberts said as an excuse. We could then go to the successful suits, like out of the state of Wisconsin, where there were successful suits. We could go and say anything. And so can she. That's what the reply button is for. But again, here I am veering into conspiracy theory territory saying that they want special rights for their words, special rights that we don't get for our words, that they want to be able to go through and do a line by line veto of what we write. So I want to apologize for that. What I just said, see, I can't seem to break out of this conspiracy theory mode of looking at patterns and observing patterns and all the patterns add up to the same thing. In my fevered and silly mind, they all add up to an advancing totalitarianism. They all add up to our freedom is always the problem. Their authority is always the answer. Or for instance, this maniacal, stupid, insane notion I have that they're trying to kill people. It's insane. I admit it. I need help. I should take this to my therapist after all. And this goes back to the sickness. And maybe this is because I was under a great deal of stress in Seattle at the time. When I had this theory, because this one, this is this, I admit that even I, well, I mean, this whole show is an apology. I'm so deeply embarrassed that I said that the separate countries of Seattle, San Francisco, uh, Los Angeles, and, and, and New York, and these other separate countries who are handing out drug supplies to drug addicts had in mind anything other than saving lives. Because let's admit something, a clean needle is better than a dirty needle after all. You know, and a booty kit. You know what a booty kit is? My friend Jason Rance, former colleague in, in radio. Uh, he found out that, that, that King County, Washington was handing out booty kits. You know what they are? That's when your veins in your body are so destroyed by constantly sticking needles in them. It, it, it destroys the structural integrity of your brain, of your veins, and it builds up this plaque inside, which will ultimately kill you. Um, so when your veins are corrupted and, and you say, for instance, can't uh, shoot up into your eyeball, which people end up doing, or um, some people will shoot up into their genitalia, but then those things, the veins down there get all messed up. That then, then you have a booty kit, which is where you insert the drugs in your rectum. Now they hand those out, but that's, look, that's just safety. Uh, that's clearly an effort to save lives. Everybody can see it. Because a clean booty kit is better than a dirty booty kit. 
and clearly a clean crack pipe. I mean, that's vital. It's, it's, look, it's not like you burn a crack pipe with fire that would destroy bacteria on it, say like the dreaded COVID flu. You know, I mean, yeah, okay, all right, all right. So you do burn the crack pipe. You, you light it with a match and you heat the, the substance up in the little tiny bottle, the little globe at the bottom of that. So when I was saying that the experiment in the separate country of Seattle and Portland and in the other separate countries, when I said that that would metastasize across the federal government, that this was a test kit, that you have these states that are so utterly corrupt, like the former state of Washington is so completely corrupt. And not to go back and say that elections can be stolen, because I need to apologize for that as well, because I am not a same-sex attracted gay woman who gets to be the White House spokesperson who says elections are stolen. I'm a straight white man, which makes me a bitter clinging, you know, ultra mega freak. So I don't get to say elections are stolen. But again, I would just go back and apologize for having observed that Washington state having become completely corrupted when they started mail-in voting and the election was stolen from Dino Rossi. I mean, that's, I apologize on that front too. Cause then I said, well, but once they built this base of corruption, it's going to spread throughout the federal government. And again, there is no sign whatsoever that the handing out of drug paraphernalia has spread across the country. In fact, uh, Jen Psaki was asked about whether there's like crack pipes being handed out. This policy does not allow for crack pipes to be included. Okay, I would just note good. that this is a bit of a conspiracy theory okay, that's, that's been spread out there. It's not accurate. All right. Well, see, Jen, I apologize for even mentioning the theory since it's a conspiracy theory. Successful conversion to another very happy customer, Bone Frog Coffee. Love this so much. Um, I got a note from Daytona Beach, Florida. Sean from Daytona Beach. Hello, Todd. Just wanted to finally write you a quick note. I just received my shipment of Bone Frog Coffee and love it. And just to let you know that I found you through the Rush Limbaugh Show, as many others have. Thank you for doing what you do. God bless you and your family. Sean from Daytona Beach. Sean, appreciate you, brother. God rest, Rush. And as a matter of fact, it's now, this is a note. Last week, we had a note from Wisconsin. Uh, a listener joining us there on Bone Frog Coffee. Now it's Sean from Daytona Beach. Countless Bone Frog stickers showing up. My friend Tyler had his show up in the state of Tennessee. I've seen them from Oklahoma. And it is a sign of a healthy partnership that the folks at Bone Frog, um, Tim Cruikshank, the CEO there, 25-year Navy veteran, 25-year uh, Navy veteran and a Navy SEAL, that he's created a special package only for this program. All the blends from the dark to the medium to the special roast, all the delivery methods, the espresso bean, the French press, the drip, the K-cup, all the delivery methods, everything you get and only you 5% lifetime discount on a subscription plan to Bone Frog Coffee. Now, it's vital that you pay attention, please, as I say this, because I've not done a good job, to the website address. It's bonefrog.us. It should be easy to remember because on the, on the package of every Bone Frog Coffee, it says God, country, team. Bonefrog.us. I will swear by the coffee. It's the best I've ever had. It's the first time I've drunk coffee for taste not as a, a caffeine delivery system. And it spans generations. My teen daughter, she's in her late teens. She loves it. 
She says it's nuanced and layered and subtle. She loves it. And she's, prior to this, been someone who has to have all the flavored coffees. Bonefrog.us. Uh, yeah, so, I, again, I apologize for saying that what was happening in, in Washington State, the former, former state of Washington, would spread across the country. This policy does not allow for crack pipes to be included. I would just note that this is a bit of a conspiracy theory that's been spread out there. It's not accurate. Right. And, and you can trust Jen because she's, she's clear-eyed as to what Washington, D.C. is. Uh, you know, people always ask me, and I'm sure you guys get asked this too, about whether Washington is ro- rotten, you know, whether everybody is corrupt here and, you know, nothing good happens and we all just argue with each other. And I, having done this job, believe the absolute opposite is true because I have worked with and engaged with all of these incredible people across the administration and this amazing team, many of whom are here that I get to work with every day. Um, and I, as I said about Kareen last week, um, these people are already the stars of the team, but they're going to be shining stars in the future and I'll miss them a lot. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty touching. So again, the fact that I shared, you know, this conspiracy theory, I, I guess it's just hard to learn your lesson and particularly hard for me because we can trust our betters. I mean, it would take a lot to prove that the government was handing out crack pipes. You know, like pictures of of the pipes showing up. Like the people at the Free Beacon went and found crack pipes (laughs) being handed out. A reporter named Patrick Hoff found... Crack pipes in the federally funded packages coming out of Boston and then observed other cities. And then he actually got pictures of, of said crack pipes and published them. Here's the package. There, there is no way to construe this as life-saving. And once again, far be it for me to not mention another error that I created and harm I I caused by constantly talking about Project Cassandra, wherein Barack Hussein Obama, mm -mm -mm, yes, it's a call out to Rush, Barack Hussein Obama allowed the Taliban to ship heroin, uh, opioids, not, not, not always fully produced heroin, but opioids across, under, and over our southern border in concert with Mexico-based narco-terrorists that he literally stopped the DOJ, the FBI, the CIA, and international partners from moving forward with their indictment, though the indictment papers were written, the conspirators' names were named, the, the, the political reported this with named intelligence sources saying Obama stopped the deal from the White House. And then then he turned around and stopped a similar thing with Hamas. They were going to indict Hamas members who were shipping cocaine into this country uh, across our borders in partnership with narco terrorists in Mexico, a terrorist group 
Taliban, a terrorist group, Hamas, using the tunnels on our southern border to introduce into our country um, opioids and cocaine at a time that record number of Americans were dying from this several years before a lockdown where drug addiction increased and they shut down 12-step programs and Alcoholics Anonymous. I mean, again, this would need to be such a far-reaching thing. You'd need to have the world's richest people get together with the world's most powerful people and then have those rich people go through and penetrate the cabinets and the presidencies of countries from, I mean, you'd have to run the gamut from Zimbabwe to America and in the middle somewhere, Ukraine. And look, just because Zelensky is going to a World Economic Forum event, that doesn't mean anything. Let's not, let's not draw conclusions. You know, the free beacon guy. I mean, okay, so the free beacon guy, he has the pictures of the crack pipes. What reporters are supposed to do when she just checked the press release to see if it was accurate and called around. Why didn't the New York Times do that? Look, I, I can't say that, but w look, we decided to go out in the street and I'll tell you, Tucker, what I found was horrifying. And I don't think any reporter would want to see that. But the Washington Free Beacon, of course, took to the streets. And, and Boston w was the worst. And that was the Boston Harm Reduction Center, actually the city's health department, run by the city's health department. And I go there and there's, I mean, at least a dozen drug addicts walking around. It, it was horrifying. Go in. Uh, I get the pipe. Uh, they put me in their system for free. I mean, it's easy. Walk in, walk out. Uh, Get, get the crack pipe. And, and I walk outside. I see, saw a man, this is 11 a.m. Tucker. I saw a man shoot up in his calf 10 yards away from a police car. I called the police. Is this something you're aware of? No answer. Just degrading the American population, killing people. It's so dark. It's hard to believe it's happening. And it I appreciate, is. deeply appreciate your going and doing the reporting on this. Yeah. Richard, thank you. The crack, yeah. Just real quick, Tucker, I just want to show you the crack pipe that we got here. This is the, the crack pipe. What reporters are supposed to do, which you just what reporters are supposed to do. Um, you cannot make the argument that this is like a clean needle program. See, the apology needs to be coming the other way. I don't take credit for any of this. I, I don't know why God allows some of us to see this stuff and others not. But I'll defend in front of anybody a decade of calling this stuff out. And when we've been wrong and it happens, we announce it. There is an effort to kill people. There is an effort to destroy this country. There is an effort to reduce population. There is an effort to redistribute property, uh, poverty and property, but poverty. There is an effort to shake to its knees the confidence specifically of people in the West in their systems and the systems stink because they've been rotted. It is impossible for someone to come to this program and show me a counter narrative that would indicate this, all of this stuff is a mistake. This weekend, Mitch McConnell decided to fly on over to Ukraine and go hang out over there. And I noticed something. You have McConnell flying off to Ukraine with John Cornyn. I don't remember John Cornyn and Mitch McConnell 
meeting with the truckers who went to Washington, D.C. to say, let us work. Stop forcibly injecting us. Of course not, because Mitch McConnell works for pharma. John Cornyn is afraid of pharma. They are party members. I don't remember Mitch McConnell or John Cornyn drawing together a meeting of families whose loved ones have been murdered by these injections. Of course not. They work for pharma. I don't remember John Cornyn and Mitchell McConnell bringing in moms and dads who are fighting against grooming in the classroom. And it is grooming. I don't remember those meetings. I don't remember Mitchell McConnell and John Cornyn bringing in business owners who've been crushed by the lockdowns which were selective and politically targeted because, of course, they were fine with the lockdowns, which were collective, political and selectively targeted. I don't remember Mitchell McConnell and John Cornyn going to meet with the families of men who've been locked away, many in solitary confinement, not accused of any acts of violence, not even any acts of vandalism on January 6th, accused simply of walking within the velvet ropes. After having been let in, in many cases, by the D.C. Uh, Capitol cops, I don't remember that. I don't remember them going and meeting with them because they haven't and they won't. So the biggest conspiracy theory I share of all is that DC is lost and that we win. We're already in victory. We already are. God has allowed us to see some things. There are two ways we can travel. There is a crossroads. I'm reminded of a guy I met on the streets. His name was Dan. He's the guy who taught me about homelessness. I worked with him. He used to deliver things for a company for which I worked. Um, door hangers on doors, phone books. And Dan had it together, man. He just didn't, he didn't want a regular life. He camped in the parks. Uh, he drank a little bit of, you know, beer, beer. That was it. No, nothing serious. And Dan, he used to hate the rubber bums. He'd tell me, Todd, those are rubber bums. What's a rubber bum, Dan? Those are people who live in their cars. They disgust me. I'd rather be a street bum than a rubber bum. He called himself an urban camping enthusiast. And he would look at the people who were insane. There was a guy one night we were, I saw Dan in the park. My friend Matthew and I were playing guitars and I worked with Dan a little bit and, and I used to drive the vans and sell the advertising contracts to deliver the, the phone books. I got paid extra to go to do the deliveries. And there's Dan in the park. He sees me and Matthew playing guitar. And so Dan came over and I introduced Dan to Matthew. And Dan had with him this guy who was insane. High and is constantly saying, I was in Vietnam, I was in Vietnam. And we didn't know whether he was or not. So, of course, we didn't say anything. But Dan Rickard, his name was Dan Rickard. Dan told him, no, you weren't. <laughs> he goes, guys, he's 20 years too young to be in Vietnam. He just looks old because he's a rubber bum. He's a drug addict. Well, that was then. Flash forward about four years later. A friend of mine came to visit from Alaska. And we were walking through that same park, Leah and I, and walked down the road to go grab a, grab a snack or I don't even, I don't remember if it was, we had a full meal or a snack, but it was, she was between flights, like layover in Seattle and headed back to Alaska. We're walking down the pier 
and there's a guy laying on the street and there was blood coming off of his head. And I stopped for a second. Hey, Leah, let me check on this guy. And I tap him on the shoulder. Hey, sir, you okay? It was Dan Rickard. Passed out, gash in his forehead, bleeding all over. I said his name. He barely recognized me. Then I got him standing up, took some of his whiskey and poured it on his head to cleanse it. And said, brother, we got to get you to the hospital. And then he remembered me. And he cried. I said, Danny, you always told me. You always told me, Danny, you had it figured out. So, night was cut short with my friend. I didn't want her in the car with Dan. Gave her a hug. She went on her way, flew back to Alaska. I took Dan to the emergency room. Left my phone number in case they needed me to pay for anything. He chose the direction. I didn't have the skill of discipling then. I didn't have the skill to try to draw him towards the Lord. But that's not the case for many. This is the story of another Dan who emailed us. Todd, thanks for what you're doing for bringing God to the center. I started listening to you on the radio shortly before you left the airwaves. I could feel there was so much more you wanted to say, and now you are. I lost my job because I wouldn't get the shot. I lost the big salary and all the stock, and I was afraid of what was next. I've been laid off before and didn't know um, that I would uh, want to work anytime soon or that I would find work anytime soon. In spite of my fear, I was blessed to be given a job immediately right after my job was terminated. I lost a third of my income, but by the grace of God, though things I, through things I cannot legally talk about, I was able to retain my home and take care of my family, and I carry on. I work in the biotech industry and have for most of my career. Over 20 years now, it feels like I'm in the belly of the beast. I've been censored on social media by multiple employers because of my truth speaking about the Rona. I've let them win on that, so I may retain an income. I'm not sure how I feel about that. This is much more than I intended to say. Mostly I'm writing to say that I was doing my reading tonight, which was Psalm 59. And I thought this would be a great prayer for all of us to see God's truth in this unsettling time that he's put us in, specifically verses three to four. For look, they lie in wait for my life. The mighty gather against me, not for my transgressions, nor for my sin, O Lord. They run and prepare themselves through no fault of mine. This was written by David when Saul was seeking to kill him. We're in a time where uh, literally or figuratively the enemy is trying to kill us. And you know, our almighty God prevails, not without our suffering. So then what, we do, what do we do with that? First Peter 4.19. So then those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good. Thank you for your faithfulness to our faithful creator. May God continue to bless you and your good work and continue to work on your heart that you may bear the fruit that he desires from you. And I pray the same for myself. Amen, Dan. Dan, I believe you've already borne fruit, brother. I think that you are sharing this, the move you made, the brave stance you took. I know that your family sees it. Obviously, the Lord sees it. He sees all. Obviously, we need to thank the Lord, all of us, for helping us see what many other people cannot see. Second Corinthians verse four, or Second Corinthians four, verse four through five. 
it was written at a specific time about a specific age, but the word is eternal. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. So much of what we talked about today can be addressed if people will remember there is a power greater than they are. God created truth, the word, man and woman, our immune systems. He gave us the ability to discern. He told us to not lie or deceive. And he gave us the ability to pray for clarity. And so we shall. Dan, thanks for the note. I'm glad that your story is not the same as the other Dan's. Um, The other Dan has passed on. I don't know if he knew the Lord when he died. This is the Todd Herman Show. We so appreciate your support. Can't wait to see you Friday in Bothell. Now, please go be well, be strong, be kind, and be discerning in the way that the Lord has gifted us with discernment.